Hey, it's Alana, and here's another episode of Black and Yellow coming at ya. What's good, Black and Yellow fam? How you feeling? How you doing? How you living? Happy, healthy, and well, I hope are the answers to those questions. It is so good to be back in your ears once more. If you are a return listener, welcome back. I love that you have chosen to spend your precious time with me as I continue this amazing two-part conversation about the Great Resignation. And if you're a new listener, warm welcome to you. Virtual hug, digital hug. Uh, please be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if this is your first time listening, I will give you a bit of a heads up to let you know that today's conversation is part two of my conversation about the great resignation. So last week, I spoke to Deb Boulanger all about how the Great Resignation is affecting women and how many women are opting to hop into entrepreneurship, start their own businesses as a result of leaving their jobs that uh, were either not filling their cup or they just didn't love. And so today, I am going to be sitting down and talking with a great guest. She is wonderfully honest, painfully funny, and we're going to be talking all about how the great resignation is affecting people of color. I say painfully funny because she kept me in stitches laughing through this conversation. So I hope that you will feel all of that funny coming your way as well. We chop it up about the great resignation and how it is affecting black workers. We get real about the differences about how the great resignation is affecting black women women versus black men. We talk about the drawbacks of working remotely, something that gets a lot of love, but it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's not all super positive. So we're going to get real about that. We're going to talk about how companies need to change what uh, policies they need to maybe update or just get rid of altogether if they hope to hire, retain, and help black workers evolve in their positions for long-term success. And we will talk all about her new book, Awakening Your Value Proposition, How to Be at Your Best to Deliver Solutions. This conversation will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and powerful. Y'all, you don't want to miss it, but you know what time it is. We got to put our money where our mouth is. So if you are a new listener to the show, this is my small business segment where I want to help you diversify your dollars. This is my small business segment where I like to spotlight a Black-owned business and an Asian-owned business for you to add to your shopping repertoire to diversify the way that you spend. Uh, you know, the way that you spend is a, a little form of protest if you are looking to really have purchases that have an impact or have purchases that leave a, a positive mark on the world. So this is definitely a segment to help you do that. I'm going to spotlight a Black-owned and Asian-owned business. And specifically, for this particular episode, I'm going to spotlight a Black and Asian-owned business that I love on the website Etsy. So every few months, I'm not entirely sure why this happens or how this happens, but I fall into this Etsy shopping Black hole where I pretty much shop the site Etsy unapologetically and, quite frankly, rather aggressively. Uh, I mainly come for the vintage clothing because I'm a vintage shopping addict, to which I have yet to find a cure, but I stay for all the other rad items that Etsy offers. So today I wanted to call out two of my favorite black and owned 
and black and Asian owned businesses on Etsy. So for my black owned business, it's called the Trini Gee or at Trini Gee is me across the socials. Uh, I gotta say, my love affair with this particular Etsy shop started with a Bell Hooks mug and a pair of black TV dad socks. And my love affair for this shop has only grown over time. Trini Gee is based out of Houston, Texas, and she creates everyday items that you uh, want to have, that you want to use, that you want to gift even. These products are infused with melanin and culture. I buy Trini Gee socks and stickers at the beginning of every year to either get me excited about another work day, work week, work month, and then I use the stickers to personalize my day planners and notebooks that I'll be using throughout the year. I like to give her mugs, her sweatshirts, her notebooks, and her aprons as gifts. They always go over well. Uh, this Etsy shop never ceases to make me smile. It also never ceases to make me spend more money than I planned on. Don't worry, her prices are very affordable. I just overbuy because, you know, I love shopping black and supporting black culture. What can I say? If you want to update your everyday household or clothing items with beautiful black versions, head on over to Etsy. Search for The Trini Gee. That is T-R-I-N-I-G-E-E shop and get your shop on. I will also drop a link to this particular shop in show notes to make uh, searching just that much easier. And segueing over to my Asian-owned business, I chose HighWorks LA on the socials. She is at HighWorks.LA. So when shopping on Etsy, I always know that I can find really great statement jewelry. Uh, that's generally a site where I go uh, to either shop, gift, or maybe like do some prospective shopping for treat yourself days down the line. And uh, I know that if I hop onto Highworks LA's shop, I will always be able to find a great pair of earrings. And so basically, Hyun Yu makes really rad statement earrings that are delicate, simple, and a bit of an optical illusion. You kind of want to lean in a little bit more to see what's happening, what's hanging from the ear. Her earrings feature delicate glass balls that look like they are oh so delicately hanging in the air. Like think about like a chandelier earring, if you will. Or she makes rotating earrings, like a, a statement earring mobile sort of situation. Uh, her work is gorgeous. It's really simple. It lasts forever, but makes a really big impact. Also, if you are listening in the good old golden state of California, you will be shopping locally because she is based out of Marina Del Rey. So as we head into fall and winter, I'm sure there's going to be more of the endless, inevitable Zoom meetings and remote working sessions. Maybe you have a, a hybrid working situation where you're going into the office and then also zooming in on certain days and you want to step up your style game, grab a great pair of earrings from Highworks LA. All of your coworkers will be super jealous and they'll want to know where you got them from. It's up to you if you want to tell them or not. I will drop links to both of these businesses in the show notes. And now let's get to today's guest. She is incredible and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. 
Her name is Janelle Reed, and she is the founder of Divine Career Solutions, which teaches and equips both business owners and professionals seeking to start, advance, or transition with competencies that add value to employers and deliver inclusive workforce solutions for professional and leadership developed to help people build businesses and their teams. So she's very committed to empowering individuals by identifying their unique career needs, providing business strategy consulting, and creating the roadmap to excel and advance in the career or business of their choosing. Janelle was the highest ranking African-American and women global executive VP of HR in over two countries, USA and Canada, and has successfully transitioned from corporate America to full-time business owner while continuing to make six figures. That is no small feat. She transferred the same confidence, courage, strength, and authority that she had in corporate America to business. Uh Uh-oh. Janelle Reed is the founder of Divine Career Solutions, which teaches and equips both business owners and professionals seeking to start, advance, or transition with competencies that add value to employers and deliver inclusive workforce solutions for professionals and leadership development to help people build businesses and their teams. She's committed to empowering individuals by identifying career needs, providing business strategy consulting, and creating the roadmap to excel and advance in their career or business. Janelle was the highest ranking African-American and women global executive VP of HR in over two countries, USA and Canada, and has successfully transitioned from corporate America to full-time business owner while continuing to make six figures. That is no small feat. She transferred that same confidence courage, strength, and authority that she had in corporate America to business ownership by remembering that her business is not about her. It's about serving and empowering people by helping them identify their value and maximize it to deliver solutions. She believes that her experience in corporate culture has enabled her to be effective at helping others in a similar position as she was to find success despite the barriers against them. As a mom and business owner with 15 years of HR experience in various disciplines of HR, she now understands what comes with leadership and has been leading the way for others to walk in their purpose. Janelle has had the opportunity to be featured in Essence Magazine, Authority Magazine, and Black Enterprise. She shared her thoughts and expertise and continues to educate and inspire those around her. Janelle Reed, welcome to the Black and Yellow podcast. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to get into this and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this great resignation and just a whole plethora of things. So I'm just excited and thank you for having me. A hundred percent. I should say thank you for talking about this because no one else is talking about how the great resignation is affecting black workers. So thank you for really leading the charge and amplifying this conversation. I hope that this podcast will only further amplify it. Of course. Of course. Um, Okay. So we're both very excited to start, but before we get into today's topic, why don't we start out by having you tell my audience a little bit more about you and the work that you do? So I have a business called Divine 
Design Career Solutions. And I like to think of it as I promoted myself into CEO when I left corporate America, right? And I started my business so that as a woman of color, I could have my own seat at the table. And so being able, my business, we create the blueprint to either start, advance, if you're a business owner or a career professional, we give you the blueprint to have a six-figure business and people process so that you can Ooh. add value to your business. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you're talking figures. I yes. love that you said six figures. Put it out into yes. the atmosphere. I love it. <laughs> yes. That. Yes, you have to. You have to. You have Closed mouths don't get fed. And if you That's leave right. it at the negotiation table, then it's gone. So... Totally. And non-specific goals don't get achieved. So I hear everything you're saying. They don't. They don't. So I'm excited about it. I'm passionate about business owners, especially women, because that's that is my market. That is my target audience. And I'm extremely passionate about those who are in career, you know, corporate America, and especially those who are uh, aspiring to be an entrepreneurship or business owner, because I'm just passionate about, you know, and I'll talk about this a little later. It's not corporate America's job to kick you out when it's time for business ownership or something new. It's your job. So I'm going to talk about that. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. I have goosebumps. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Well, Let's get going. So so the last thing you said definitely gave me goosebumps. So we'll circle back to it. Because I want to start by, I want to kick off this conversation about the Great Resignation by saying that the workforce has been broken for a substantial amount of time now. But when it comes to employees of color, I don't think the labor force ever worked successfully for us. I think for us, the labor force was always broken. It was. So, So with that said... What are some of the reasons that people of color are leaving their jobs and choosing not to return? So some of the people, uh, people of color that are leaving are because toxic leadership has honestly, even with the pandemic, come to an all time high. Honestly, you think that with the pandemic, like it's been calmed down and I'll even talk about, you know, how the virtual uh, community has now shifted into that. But toxic work environments are at an all time high, believe it or not, and even Stifled growth opportunities are much more apparent than they were before, because before you were in the office, you engaged, you knew, and now Mm -hmm. you have to really depend on, okay, so I see this position open, I want to apply for it, but now I have to jump through hoops and know and be networked well enough to even know about it. So honestly, it's really shifted to where I'm not being my best self anymore. And people are now able, especially people of color are now able to say, I am at a point where you don't value me. Mm, And because you don't value me, it doesn't matter how many products I I, I serve. It doesn't even matter how many millions I save your company. You still don't see me. And people of color, it is hard to be seen, especially in this climax. So the great resignation to go back to your point, when you marry toxic uh, or toxicity of a work environment, when you marry the stifled growth opportunities, when you marry that for you know women of color and people of color, that diversity and inclusion projects and even just the culture of it is non-existent or put on hold mm-hmm. because of everything going on and budget constraints, that is a recipe to put even a more disadvantage for people of color. And it's honestly only only going to get worse, quite honestly. Two things will happen. 
One will happen. The floodgates will open even more, which they are. And second, the only gain that I can see from this is that more people are shifting to business ownership and empowerment, which is great, but I want them to be ready for it. I don't want it to be out of a desperation and you're not ready. Right. So being set up for success is critical. So. Yeah. I love what you said about the, uh, progress being stifled because as much as we pre-pandemic would bemoan the traditional office setup it was nice to at least have a some boots on the ground you could sort of hear and feel the changes that were coming or hear and feel maybe some um employment uh shifts happening there's none of that when you're working from home it's all guests and it's all he said she said but there's no real a sort of grounding or rooted feeling that's going into it yep I also think, and as per a guest that I had on last week, a lot of people have finally found something that feels like balance in their life. We talked so much about how can I have it all and can you have a balanced life pre-pandemic? And it's like a pandemic happened, unfortunately, and it made us realize, oh, wait, we can have balance in our lives. Yes. Working from home does provide that. Working from home does provide that. And that is actually another segue into balance and boundaries. And I was going to talk about that later, but I'll talk about it now. Balance and boundaries. People now, especially women of color, we had this thing of where before, and as a woman of color myself, it was kind of like I had to kind of pick and choose. Do you want to be at the PTA meeting, Janelle? Or do you want to be in the boardroom, right? Mm -hmm. And now the iron is now striked hot where I no longer have to choose. You now have to accept my terms and agreement to work with me and partner with me to work with me. And now people are getting that revelation. And now that's becoming where companies are having to do outside of the box things where holistic and being your best whole self mentally, (laughs) emotionally, and even physically is what is going to really produce your bottom line in your business. And so now the balance and boundaries are becoming a way of life for companies and organizations because they understand that if without the wellness and without all these things and without the balance that you now have to prioritize as one of your goals, it's not a, I think we'll have it. It's a, if you don't have it, here's what's going to happen. I think the balance and boundaries uh, movement is here to stay. I don't think it's something that's a, a, a short-term fix. I don't even think it's something that even competes with flexibility or working from home. And we're going to get into that, but it's Mm. here to stay as a way of life. And employers are either going to be on the boat or they're going to be left behind. So what are some of the present effects that the great resignation is having specifically on employees of color? So some of the effects that it's having on some of the people of color is honestly still not being seen. Mm. So here's the thing, you know, as let me talk about women first and then I'll get into the men, but, um, you know, I don't want to forget about my men, but moms, mothers that are working in corporate America on the home front, the demand to perform is quite different. So that means Mm. the impact of the great resignation on my way to perform is quite different. The gender gap in pay is still, you would think that would be on the forefront, right? Because now companies are consolidating jobs. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're job sharing, There's different elevations and progressions within the organizations, and they're changing literally the whole blueprint of the organization. But how it's affecting women of color specifically is it's still less opportunity for promotion, advancement, Mm -hmm. right? You're still Mm -hmm. seen, but not seen, right? right? And what's happening is I'm looking at other things to keep me engaged because you're not. 
Oof, corporate America does not like that. <laughs> and I, and uh-huh. I know corporate America is not liking exactly what I just said, but that that's honestly the truth. And what we are living at right now, if you look at the McKinsey report back in the early 1980s, this was this the great resignation was actually foretold back then. It, oh. was, it was foretold that, listen, if you don't value your employees, if you don't value them, if you don't really look at and think about, okay, really prioritizing advancement, if you don't really look at, okay, just not getting talent, but how are you growing it? If you don't think about that and have a plan for that, then what's happening right now with the war on talent is exactly what's going to happen. And that's exactly what we are living today. It's a self prophetic word that we are now walking out here all over the globe. Shortage of talent, not the right talent, businesses collapsing, baby boomers retiring, can't fill gaps. There's so many different things. And this was foretold. So my question to corporate America is, are you ready to pivot? Is it enough for you? you? What do you think the question or the answer to that question is? I think the answer is yes, but I think it's it's a slow yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a slow we're talking, we're having conversations and we're looking at ways of how we can innovate our our people and engage them. But my question to you is, have you been paying attention to your people, to the right people? Have you been let attention? that question stand <laughs> for any business owners, any any corporate managers that are listening. I'm just going to let that stand and you can ruminate on that because in what you just said, I got to tell you, Janelle, I've done a lot of research prepping for this episode. I did not know that the great resignation was foretold mm-hmm. way, way, way back in the day. And I, I'm going to blame this on white men's revisionist history when writing our history. Mm-hmm. I think that was something that was written out. Let's not put that out into mainstream thought Mm -hmm. so that should something like the Great Resignation happen, it's a complete surprise. We never saw it coming. And therefore, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. It's their fault. Thank you for for shedding some light on that because that's definitely not something that's popping up in any of the research I've been doing. So thank you for that. Absolutely. 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 So we're both black women, but I got to ask, how is the great resignation affecting our black men? So I, for our black men, they're still not seen either, but yet there's still, there's still a man. Mm-hmm. I think for black men in this climate, what's happening is I think I, what I see is that black men are given opportunities and new roles and positions that doors have opened that have never been opened before. However, I feel like those are entitled only. It's almost like an ambassador, right? Like an emeritatis type of ambassador where it's kind of like, yeah, you have this great title. It's almost like the strong J. She was the name, but did she really have the power? Right, right. So, right. so it's kind of, I, I feel like for black men, it's kind of like, yes, I'm now the over, you know, chairman of the congressional black. And that's, and it's amazing. All of these things are great. And all of these opportunities are, are awakening. But for my black men, it's, are they truly making progression in these roles? Or are these things just entitled only? Is this just to actually be able just to look good? And are they tasked with really having the authority and power to be able to make that change and make that their seat in diversity is now something that can be resonate throughout corporate America? Is it changing and shifting corporate America to truly pay attention? And I don't think it's there. I think it's right now for Black men 
a, 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 a peak of an opportunity, but I still think there's so much progress that still needs to happen. And until it's given with that authority and power and to be able to have the influence to go do and change without still looking at corporate America saying, can I still do that? Can I still mm. go there? Yeah. Once the, once those shackles are broken and there's true power and empowerment at the same time, I think it kind of gives again the the allude the mirage that you have it. It's attainable, but yet it still has limits. If that makes sense. So I think for black men, yeah, totally. they have a little bit. Honestly, I think black men have a little bit more advantage. Um, in in the corporate sector, the professional men. Now, if I can, if I may, talk about um, some of my other black men that are maybe not career professionals, and it's still challenging even for them to even get a job, right? Even in this climate, in this you know, in this pandemic, yeah. and I think that's because they're competing with people that are willing to compromise in ways that they're not. So, for example, mm. if they, if, you know, if they have. If they have, okay, I have this level of education, but I'm willing to learn, I have experience in the field, you'd still rather default to somebody who just graduated out of college with no experience. Right. Why? Yeah, yeah, what, that makes sense. Why? What, mm-hmm. For what reason, right? So there's still, make no mistake, that there's still that happening at a regular speed. Some companies have the luxury of being able to still be selective and some don't, but I still think that that's still a call out to, to, to say. Thank you so much for saying that, because I think that you are absolutely right in that. I also love, just to backtrack just a little bit, uh, I love that you made power and empowerment a pair. Yes. I think so often when we talk about power, we think of it as a, a, a standalone thing. It's If you have the power, then you are, by default, empowered to use it. And that's not necessarily true. There's not a lot of platforms where if a person of color is has power, they are also empowered to use that power in corporate America, that is, to the best of their abilities. There's still a bunch of other gatekeepers along the way, stifling, slowing down, or stagnating progress. Absolutely. I was an executive vice president of a global baking company before I started my business in over two countries, U.S. and Canada. And I had power over those two countries, but I was not empowered. I didn't have both. And so the recipe for success was either I was either going to evolve and take over as SVP, which that wasn't going to happen with with my boss the way that he was. So it was kind of like, again, that situation where I had power, but but I wasn't empowered. I had power, but no authority. I had authority, mm-hmm. but no power. I had influence, but I had a box. So all of those things were kind of like, oh, well, you're an executive vice president. You're the highest ranking one in the organization. You should be so proud and it's like, I earned this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not mm-hmm. here because I'm doing you a favor. I'm sure. here because I'm contributing and adding value to your business. And, and you know right. that too. But thanks for trying to dim my light, but let me recorrect you. So, <laughs> so, so I, that the empower and power is so critical, right? It's, it's important mm-hmm. that you, when 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 my career professionals and those of you who are in corporate America endeavor to stay there, make sure you're getting both. Don't leave one at the mm. table to take the money. Don't forfeit the power and think that the empowerment's going to come later. Later, you need both. Love that. 
I love that. I think that's a great lesson for work, but I also think it's a great lesson just for life. It is. As women become mothers, as men become parents, as we are just moving through this life journey, it's important that if you do see someone who has power or you have power yourself, be empowered to use it or give someone some sort of empowerment to use it. I think it's just a great uh, tip for life. So thank you for that, Janelle. Yeah. I want to segue just a little bit here to talk about remote work because Mm. remote work I feel has gotten a lot of love and it continues to have its praises sung because of the obvious impacts that it's had on our workforce, the financial impacts, the money that's saved by having people work from home and not have to, you know, go into an office or some sort of remote hybrid space. But not all remote work is created equal. And not everyone's experiences with remote work has been positive because remotely working does have its drawbacks. It does. And talk let's talk about, about it. Let's talk. This to me is the, ele- the ugly elephant in the room. This is the ugly I'm about to talk about right now. So okay. gird your loins, get yourself ready, okay? Because while we appreciate, I think employers in the beginning said it was a it was an act of we need to sustain our operations so let's just manage virtually but mm-hmm. then it turned into something that you created out of desperation the pandemic and then you made it packaged that in this gift as though I'm giving this to Alana as though I'm yeah. giving it to Nijana and you should be ever so grateful to work in the platform virtual environments gives the perception that it's more equalizing when it is not mm. at the end of the day it ge- I get it it gives the perception because before, if you were at the office five days a week and, you know, now you can just, you know, you, your Zoom is your, you know, is your platform. I totally get it. It does give convenience. It is, it is a level of comfortable. There is a flexibility and a freedom, freedom, not denying that. But people of color are now under a different level of pressure. And here is mm. why. They're seeing more physically in the virtual space. So now you're, ju- you're looking at me on the space and the platform of where I live. Does she live in an apartment? Where is she? Ah. Do you hear her kids? In the, I knew she had like three kids. Is she having the kids in the background? Are those Got dishes it. on the table? You're mm. and and then what happens is when you have your regular cadence of meetings with your teams and your executive leadership team, you now have the added level pressure to perform because you're saying, "Is this resonating the same as though I were in person? Or is this being mm. articulated to the same thing? Or are you looking at me because you're so focused on my background?" Or, you know, my pride day, you know, picture that I have over here. There are just so many different things and elements Mm -hmm. and pressure that they're having to deal with. You're seen, but yet you're not seen. You're judged and pressured, right? Mm -hmm. Even more not being in the office more now than ever. And honestly, I was doing an article about two weeks ago. And I was looking at the trend of black workers being represented and it was a 50% increase. I was doing a time study in their sense of work belonging. Like I feel like I belong to work. And there was a 65% increase in their ability to manage stress. So even though you think that, you know, I'm on meetings, I'm doing this, it's added a level of stress stress and, and businesses haven't given a, an outlet for that, especially mm. for people of color, especially for people of color. And it's such the, the, the feeling of greater inclusion for Black workers having to have this added pressure and not having the means to have an outlet. And for Black women, it's even more being disconnected and disengaged because you're still overlooked for projects. Oh, did we? Yeah. Even, or, or are you even included in the meeting? Oh, I forgot to, I forgot to send a lot of the meeting. Oh, she'll, I'll, we'll just have a team. Mm-hmm. We'll just get together. And it's like, really? Right. Really? On email, you know me, but Zoom, you don't. So 
it's 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 honestly <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 honestly you know it it it, it just like American Express it has its rewards but it also sure. has its downfalls that we need to talk about and more so how we're going to fix it. Yeah, the one thing that I think I've thought about a lot is like where are all of the diversity uh, and inclusion efforts mm-hmm. that have been that felt like they were happening a lot during BLM and then like BLM kind of stopped and it feels like I have heard very little about those those uh, those practices now because everything is virtual and it kind of feels like if we're not meeting in person we don't have to talk about how to diversify the company or how to keep retain and grow um ethnic talent it's just not a big deal because we're not going into the office anymore so like no one really know what our 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 workership looks like no one really knows the profile of the people who work here because we're not in person. So do we have to keep on with these practices? And the answer is absolutely. Yes, you have to 100%. A thousand percent. You have to, I think the wake up call for companies and businesses, if they want to, if, if their goal, which it should be to hire and retain, especially people of color, then the first thing is to provide education, to try to give inclusive language. When George, when George Floyd died, so many businesses were taking a stand of, okay, we need to have more black representation. We need to do this. We right. need to do that. Right. And it was like the jet beauty of the week. It was like, it was here and it was gone. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and honestly, right. It, 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 it kind of shed, like you're spending thousands of dollars to, to get a third company, a third party company to come in and talk about DNI for a little bit, but you really have no strategy to, to really embed it in your culture, but it's a nice talk to compliment or, or topic, right? But mm-hmm. language does matter. Can we stop calling people of color minorities when they'll compromise more than half of the nation's population by 2040? How about mm-hmm. that? Doesn't yes. underrepresented seem a bit more, I don't know, accurate? <laughs> a lot of our language choices are embedded in our habits, right? Yeah, it's in definitely. the habits. So when you say, like, so if you think about it, more companies don't just say people of color. They don't, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't want to, it's like, you have to talk about it, but let me Mm -hmm. give you the right language. Let me equip you with why language matters so that you can feel comfortable talking about. And so I don't have to feel comfortable saying, yeah, I'm a woman of color and I'm the only woman of color in this meeting. And I want to talk about it. And I want to say something about it. And I'm going to say something about it. And I'm going to educate you along the way. And and not to mention, right, unconscious bias, right? That even of itself is something in the organization where it's, it's, I mean, if ignorance was not only bliss, but if it was a paycheck, I mean, there'd be billions out there. I was going to say would be rich. I mean, I mean, oil rich, right? Uh But these unconscious bias are very real. The whole like, hey guys, what's up? Hey guys, mm-hmm. aren't we, wait, like we've come totally. so far. And so it's so important to really take and consider those implications of the words and the phrases of what you use and say, and ma- and make language and awareness a top critical priority to understand so that you understand the language, you're aware of it, but also to be able to call it out that empowerment word. That's where you pull that mm-hmm. visa of empowerment out and say, wait a minute, hold on. I don't, that to me doesn't really seem right as far as from a language of inclusiveness that doesn't really match up to what, what that really means and what we're, what we're endeavoring to do. Give people the empowerment to call it out when it's not happening. The only way that you're going to do that is the language. And then secondly, I think offering 
formal and mentoring to all employees, but being more intentional about people of color and underrepresented groups access to information and key relationships that will make them successful. I was an executive vice president of HR and I had to, there was no blueprint. And that's why my business focuses on that blueprint. And that's, there was no blueprint of who I needed to talk to and how, and how I, there wasn't that there. And so mentorship, it's kind of like the unknown thing that's talked about. It's given to those who have access. It's not mm. given to those who don't have access. And so that's where the, the doorway to promotions happen. That's where the doorway to you having more um, political, not even political, but influence within the organization and different things. So it's so important that mentoring be monetized and prioritized in corporate America for underrepresented groups. So that way those employees can engage and grow and be able to create more diverse leadership. Because when that happens, now you've created the whole blueprint of having more diverse leadership and representation there. So. Well, I actually want to follow up with that because you're pretty much talking about my next question, which is what changes do companies or businesses need to make if they hope to hire and retain employees of color? And do you think that this change has to happen from the outside in or the inside out? I think that it needs to happen from the inside out. Okay. Because what's going to happen is if you do it from the outside in, the outside people coming in are going to think that all, you know, everything is all equal mm. when the people inside are looking like it's not. And now you have a retention problem. You have a bigger retention problem because you have been educated from within out and being having an employee as your biggest advocate and ambassador for companies is the biggest best marketing tool, most loyal and most impactful, empowering and powerful tool that you can have in your organization. It is a walking advertisement for who you are, what you stand for, and if you really put your money where your mouth is. So if I'm a, if I'm a woman of color and you've and if you took and taken the time to train me, advance me, give me those mentoring opportunities, giving me the language of how to be able to that I'm stewarding that well. Now what happens is it makes it so much easier for me when someone from the outside comes in, how I can embrace that, how I can be open to change, how I can be sure of what my role is. When you don't do it, when you do it the other way, then employees kind of feel like, well, I don't believe you. Right. Why yeah. didn't, why, why didn't you start with me? Like why, why? So to answer your question, I think the other thing from a hiring and retention gap, I think the gender gap, the pay gap, Ah, okay. that thing right there. Okay. That again, another elephant in the room, mm-hmm. though we have made sprinkles, like I like to call it of, of, of progression in the right not strides as no, people would like I don't want to believe. say I don't even want to give it the full stride right. I'm not only, I said uh-huh. sprinkle okay <laughs> like the little little tiny tiny jimmies that you those okay mm-hmm. but I think that that gap honestly is a key and critical point in retaining and attracting mm-hmm. talent mm-hmm. the company and hear me well that can bridge the gap and make the blueprint of how women, people of color, and blend that gap and be able to show in their metrics how they're having equal pay in their organization, they are the ones to look out for for the future. And they are the ones that are going to be able to trailblaze within this economic climate and in this war on talent because 
That is the one thing. If you look at that, right, that's federal, right? The gender gap is. So if they could solve a problem that's been going on for years and truly get diversity and inclusion at its finest and highest level, that is your Willy Wonka golden ticket to be able to hire and retain your talent. That is it. Yeah. Go to your metrics, find out. Why, why has this role only been occupied by men? Go through each role, go through each position, dive, do root cause, do the whole thing, but come out with a plan that this is what's going, what, this is what the end state is going to be. And at this company, at ABC company, the gender gap is closed. Mm. You can do that. You have no more retention. You have no more hiring issues because what you'll, your, your, your biggest problem will be beating people away from the door because they're coming to your organization. <laughs> Quite honestly, I'm telling you, collect that data, be intentional about it and do something off the wall. Challenge your organization to say no more will we go through status quo. No more are we hiring for the sake of hiring. We are looking for we are looking to create a talent market, which a talent market means that you're going inside versus outside. Love that. Yeah, there's a, that's happening a lot within my industry right now as well. The pandemic sort of made it harder for uh, talent discovery yes. to happen. But right now what's happening is people who have been, I'm an actor by trade, people who have been in this industry for five, six, seven years and never really broke through are now beginning to break through mm-hmm. because there wasn't so much of a focus on let's find the new, new, new. Now it's like, well, we can't take a chance on flyers. We need someone who knows how to do the work that we're asking them to do which is the same within corporate companies as well. Look within the talent that you already have, not outsourcing for the newest college graduate or the, you know, the the kid with the newest uh, skills and whatever the newest platforms and technologies are like all that's well and good. But a lot of, I think a lot of, problems that companies have if they look within their own organization the answers are there the people are there i think we have just as a culture always looked outside of ourselves for answers correct whether it's work whether it's answers about life whatever it is we have such a habit of going outside of ourselves to find the answers when in reality like what we need is already within the company within ourselves we just have to look critically maybe ask some better questions ask some more informed questions and then sit with those answers yes it's like a marriage and in corporate america the talent is the marriage you're constantly going to have to date it oh Oh my God. You're constantly going to have to date it. You're not, it's not a one night stand. When you, when corporate America hires you, it's not a one night stand, right? Mm-hmm. It's a marriage. It's a relationship. You have to date it. You have to court it. You have to cultivate it. You have to grow it. And that's where the training and development comes in. That's where the promotion and the advancement and the opportunities, when you're doing all of that, you're going to grow, you're, you're going to grow. Your company's going to grow. The people are going to grow. The business holistically is going to grow. So if I think of that mindset, we're more adapted. Like you just said, mm-hmm. I think they would see a, a, a huger impact on results. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit here because you are looking out for other people's futures. And I have a lot of respect for that because (laughs) if someone is listening and they are interested in changing their life by harnessing their talents and their skills to achieve their goals, you have a book for that. You have an opportunity for those people to actually plug into what is within them and give it to the world. Tell me more about your book. What made you want to write this book? Who is this book for? I'm so interested. So this book, this book was created 
when I was still in corporate America, honestly, I started writing it at that time. And it came from a place of frustration. I was frustrated. I was, I was angry. I was mad. Um, my mentor that I had for most of my career had just left. She was the, she was the only black, black woman that was there. She was my mentor and I took her place. And that was, I was in a, it was, I was in a hard place. My mentor left that I was like tied to. It gave me her job, her role. I'm grieving in pain, but still have a team to press forward. And this book allowed me the opportunity to be able to write my pain what I learned, the rejection, um, not being enslaved to the fear of that I can't do it or I'm not going to be seen. But mostly, it really made me understand and accept that the importance of my value and how important and how valuable I am and not to let anybody else try to diminish that value. And that book as I wrote it, 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 it brought out a sense of all the times I was passed over for a promotion and didn't get it. All the times that I worked on projects and was still not seen. All the times that I was the only black woman sitting at the table waiting for an opportunity as a new mom at the time that was going every, to every state that you could think of just to get some influence and credibility in the organization. And, and at the end of the day, I took the book allowed me to take the muzzle off. Mm. I took the muzzle off of thinking that being quiet was acceptable and okay. As long as I was passing that information for, to someone else for them to say, and I needed to stand in my own power and authority, both to be able to add value, not just for myself, but to others. So I learned from my rejections. It, it literally took me back to, remember when you didn't get this job? What did you learn? Remember you had this bad boss? What did you learn? Remember, what, remember when you were trying to look for a job and you were trying to think that you wanted a new job and you didn't want a new job, you wanted a new boss. I was solving for the wrong mm. problem. And huh. so it brought all of those things back. And it, all of that is a culmination of my book of really the importance of knowing your value and to grow as you go. So it is awesome. You will love it. There's just, there's, you know, you know, analogies of Miranda for those who, you know, Devil Wears Prada, which that's one of my faves, um, you know, the imposter I mean, it just, it really kind of really talks about how to learn from the ugly and that, just because you've gone through it doesn't def it doesn't define you. You don't have to stay there, and that there's even value even in the ugly that nobody tells you about. So it's awesome, and I'm excited. And it's called Awakening Your Value Proposition: How to Be at Your Best to Deliver Solutions. It's a quick read because I'm I love quick reads. Like I, they resonate mm. with me. I'm able to like read lots of. It's a quick read. It's a, it, you can write in it. It's so much information. It talks principles of strategy and tactics and understanding these two, because lots of people in corporate America are, real, are more tactical than, you know, than strategy. Sure. And they think they're really, you know, moving mountains and they're, they're really just picking <laughs> flowers. So right. this book really talks to practical things of what you can do in your daily habits to actually exercise, exercise your disciplined thought life, 
your mindset, how to regulate it, how to make sure you're making sound decisions and good decisions, and also making sure that you're staying accountable to things and how you balance that. So it's it's an amazing book. It's on Amazon. You can purchase it. It is phenomenal. phenomenal. And I thank you guys for all the love that have brought the book because I've just gotten such amazing feedback on it, how it's helped people in personal and in business. Yeah, I'm going to link to it in show notes. It's a great read for anyone who is interested, who wants to tap into something that they know exists within them, but is having a hard time bringing it out into the world. This book is definitely for you. I have to ask you a follow-up question. Could you sort of breeze (laughs) over something that is truly blowing my mind? Yeah. Which it, and correct me if I heard this wrong, you were working a full-time job in corporate America and had the time to write a book? I did. I did. At the time. At the time. I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week, which was crazy. But the time when my mentor left, I took that time to fall back. Wow. I said to myself, I need a minute. You, you guys just took my mentor, gave me her job. You're going to, you guys need to give me a minute to get myself together. And I did. And what I did was I started writing on weekends. I'd go to Starbucks. That was like my thing. That was like my self-care. I love that. You're, you're one of those Starbucks writers. I love it. And I, you know what? I miss seeing them. Yes. They, they are not around the way that they used to. And I do miss my Starbucks writers. I would 100%. do that every Saturday. So what I did was when Deborah left, um, I was sad. I was grieving. And shout out to the people that you can grieve in corporate America when you l- lose a role, move to a role. It is very real. And that's mm. what I was going through. And my therapeutic way of dealing with that was writing the book, honestly. And what I did was I'd go to Starbucks, I'd write, I'd people watch for a little bit because I love doing that. And I would think about all of the things that Deborah brought out of me and I'd write. And then I'd think about a pain point of what I thought when I thought I couldn't do something or that I thought I wasn't good enough. And it just began to flow. It began to write. You don't realize how much in corporate America, how much you've learned because corporate America is designed to have you on go. Like go, 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 Mm -hmm. go, go, next, 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 next. So you don't really, aside from your one year performance review, which is really focused on money. Okay. You don't really sit down and measure what have I, I've, I've, I've learned this. And so now I understand I didn't get that job because I was already operating in that role. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I get it. And you were threatened by that. And so you kept me in the box because of that. And so my tears aren't, wasn't because I wasn't good enough. My tears were because you only, you, you, you saw my greatness. You just wanted to control it. So it was just, it was therapeutic. It was my way to unleash and unload, um, but also build and really, and heal as well. Um, and so it was really, it was, it was an amazing journey of who I am today because I'm not that same person of who I was then and who I am today. So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome mm. to see that. So for our final question, I was hoping that you could leave us with a little bit of advice. Mm. So for, <laughs> I've, you've, you've given so much already. I'm just, I'm trying to squeeze a little bit more out of you if you don't mind, you know, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. okay perfect. Uh, any listeners of mine who are maybe considering flirting with the great resignation, mm. we're at a time now where employees have more power than they ever have before, which is a true first in, I'm in my thirties. This is a first in my life. Totally. I'm sure many of my other listeners feel the same way. 
if I'm a a a employee and I'm I'm considering flirting with the great resignation, mm-hmm. maybe I want to just leave my job in mass and go follow a, a passionate pursuit. What are some of the things to consider before making that choice? So the first is this is a really great question. The first thing is to be clear on what you want your outcome to be. Be very clear. What is it that you want to do? Be clear. Do you want a new boss? Do you, are you just going through the motions because you want a new boss? I don't like my boss. I want a new boss. Or do you want a job, a new job, a really new career path or a new career path? Or do you really want to own a business? Do you really want entrepreneurship? Be clear on your outcome of what you want so you're not wasting your time or getting frustrated with trying to solve the wrong problem. If you're stagnant in something, especially the great, the great resignation is, has been a gift and a curse. Sure. It's been a gift and a curse. That's a great way analogy to describe it. And so if you're not clear on your, what you want your outcome to be, then it's going to make it very difficult for you to try to capitalize on the gift part of the great resignation. You'll kind of stay in the stuck aspect of it if you're not clear. So that's the first piece. Be clear on what you want your outcome to be. The second is, sorry, this is not the second. This is my other point. It Mm -hmm. is not corporate America's responsibility to tell you your strengths, your opportunities, when you've outgrown Mm -hmm. a position, when you... Alana, you are actually a business owner. You are operating at a CEO. It's not their job to tell you that. It's your job to know and it's your job to flow out of there with a plan, of course, when it's time. Stop staying stuck because of comfortable money. Because I'm telling you, in business ownership, there is long money you have to work for, but you're already working for it in corporate America. You're working for them. Yeah. So, so it's your responsibility. So secondly, know your assignment. Right. Once you understand what you want your outcome to be, your responsibility next is to know your assignment. Once you know what the assignment is, because you'll know what your outcome is, put a time limit on it. If you're going to a new job and say, like, I literally want a new job, I want a career path. What is it that you want to gain from it? Is it global experience? Is it inf- what is it? You should never take a new position or assignment. I don't care without putting a time bound and an expectation on it, because here's what happens. Here's how burnout happens. You take the job. And I give it to you. It, it's crazy. It's more than you expected. But you stayed in it for a while. Then you start feeling stuck and stagnant. Then the great resignation comes along and it's your Hail Mary, right, to get out of here. But you're so stuck in the money that you forgot that you surpassed the money. If you go back to your why and what was your assignment, how much time did you give yourself? A year. Well, why are you here <laughs> four years later? You have yeah. to give it an assignment. You have to give it an assignment because if you don't give it an assignment, then what happens is you overstay your welcome. You overstay your welcome. And corporate America will know it, mm-hmm. but they're not going to tell you that. And then you'll feel it in different ways. And then you'll job hop thinking, oh, I need to do this because this is my, you know, this is my time. And it's like, no, you don't need a job hop. All you needed to do was sit down and just put an assignment, a time bound it. What do I need to learn from this role? What am I hoping to gain? And how much time do I need to do it? So that's second thing. Mindset. You need to be disciplined. Whatever you decide, mm-hmm. be disciplined and consistent with it. The flip-flop, I'm this way one day, I'm next day. That is not going to get you. That's actually going to make you more frustrated. And I appreciate 
those, you know, that are creative and visionaries and all the things that is amazing. But I'm telling you without discipline and consistency, it will go nowhere fast or it will crash and burn and you'll recycle yourself. Sometimes we put ourselves in the same self-sabotage cycle. And then we wonder like, why am I in the same cycle? I thought I, I thought, you didn't you just got you just in the same cycle you just pulled a blue shirt and last week you wore a pink shirt but you're in the same cycle it's cute though the shirt's really cute but you're still in the same cycle so you have to make sure that you have that you have that and then the mindset I talk about it in my book because I'm so passionate about it that mindset if you're transitioning from corporate America to business owner you need to have the mindset. You're not that analyst anymore. You're not that second in command. You are the CEO of a business and your job is vision and execution. And you have to learn that, listen, you can't be here in the weeds when you've got millions, when you've got millions on the line, you can't be in the weeds or not want to make decisions or not know how to make decisions. You have to be the CEO before you are the CEO. And the only way you do that is if you have the mindset there already okay so lastly get an accountability community okay yeah you i appreciate i'm a smart goal gal always have been appreciate them and goals have their place and i'm results more my goals are obviously more result oriented but at the end of the day i'm going for the outcome of those goals so outcomes mean that i have to have more accountability and community to make sure that I'm doing and getting to the outcome. Sometimes people don't have the community and what happens is the community is that support. It's the accountability, it's the support and the great resignation. There have been a lot of great communities. I've seen them online. There are some cool people that have switched jobs, come together and been like, listen, I did it. I didn't think I did. Thanks a lot for helping me do it. Like that community is so powerful and important and it's empowerment and it's actually power too. And having that, is a recipe for you to be able to control the narrative of what you want the great resignation of impact to be to you. So that's my advice. Janelle, I think you need to very quickly (laughs) trademark the phrase, be the CEO before you are the CEO. And then I think you need bumper stickers with that. That I mean, I'm joking, but I'm kind of not joking yes. either because I think that that's a really important, I think that as we are moving up job ladders, whether you're in a corporate sphere or you're in a creative sphere, I think that very often we do get stuck on the ride up, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily change the mindset as it goes. It's not necessarily intuitive and in hearing you lay out, mindset is a really big piece of how we're going to get to where we want to go and create the life that we want for ourselves. Mindset is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get stuck in certain mind patterns and certain habits and not realize that you are stuck in them. So thank you so much for talking about mindset because I think it's not talked about enough when we're talking about writing a a career trajectory or switching careers in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not talked about at all. I feel like it's just kind of like skipped over. Okay, Mm -hmm. done. Definitely. Or in Miranda's voice, that's all. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. 100%. I think I, I do have to ask one last yes, follow-up question yes. just because your advice was so good. I have a lot of younger listeners who maybe are experiencing their first job and they're not, you know, when you have your first job, you don't really know when you've outgrown something or gotten too comfortable. For any of my younger listeners who are listening going, 
I think I'm comfortable, but I'm not exactly sure. What's the, 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 what are the questions that they should ask themselves? What's the litmus test they should give themselves that they're trying to figure out? Mm, I think I've outgrown my position here. I think I'm comfortable and it's time to move on. So one of the key questions to ask yourself, are you working for the passion or are you working for the paycheck? Mm. And here's why that's, and, and your answer, if it's both, then that's, I mean, that's kind of like, okay, so I'm both. Am I, and then you go kind of deeper into it, right? But are you working for the passion or are you working for the paycheck? And why that's important is the passion is, I get it, we all need to make money, right? It makes the world go round. But I'm telling you that short-lived, you can make money anywhere. You can make money from a computer right now, right? Working at home, you can make money anywhere. But what the great resignation and the war on talent has taught us is that people need passion too. Mm-hmm. Passion matters. Passion mm-hmm. makes Alana her best self to come to work. So I ask you, one of the other questions is, are you your best self going to that job? Are you the best self in that best self in that career? Have you reached the limits of, I learned this, I'm applying this, I feel ready, I need more. That's your conversation with yourself. You need, and you need to have it regularly, not just because the great resignation is coming on, but that should be your self-check. That should be your, your EQ check of, am I self-aware of where I am and how I want to move? And have I had that conversation? Not just when, you know, 2022 comes ringing in and you have all these unrealistic, you know, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. No, you're not. No, you're not. It sounds good. But you're not. But you got to have those conversations regularly with yourself and kind of really, say, you know, am, am, I, am I doing this for passion or paycheck? And then take it a little deeper. Have I learned? Have I exceeded where I needed to be? And is this something, you know, especially for millennials, you know, I, I feel my heart goes out to them, right? Because some of them Thank that you. were graduated, some that graduated even in the middle of the pandemic, how, how, how unfortunate that they now have competed and had to take internships and lower paying jobs just to gain experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, that experience is a goldmine. Because that experience that they have, that you have, I'm telling you, it is the antidote for companies and businesses that when they've hemorrhaged talent, you're able to come in and save the day. And totally. so that's that would be my advice. Don't shortchange yourself. Don't think that you're at a disadvantage because you're not. Uh, millennials, especially right now, they actually have home court advantage. Truth be told, they, they really do. Sometimes it does not feel like that. <laughs> I know Sometimes it doesn't I'm looking feel at like that. Debt, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I know. I do, the debt is real, right? The debt is real. But you actually have home court advantage because negotiation and the, the more skill sets, you're in a position to have more competencies, right? Mm-hmm. And learning agilities and position to glean those to go to mm-hmm. corporations that are job sharing and you can monopolize that. It job sharing is the name of the game because there's so much consolidation with roles, responsibilities. So do you need a junior analyst, an analyst and a, and a senior mm. analyst? No, you could have a either director of analysts who can now divvy and dab and not just analytics, but also in business development. And now mm. you've married two jobs and now you're getting two for one. And now because you've gained that insight and that intel, right, by your learning experience, you now have a job that's been vacant for six months that they haven't been able to fill. They can fill that role with you. And so now you have the power. You have the negotiating power to say what you want. You hear that, millennials? It's not all doom and gloom for us. We it's might have not. graduated in the recession, but, like, we're, we're, we're on the up and up. You are on the up 
and up. Don't lose, don't, don't lose faith. Keep in the fight because I'm telling you, businesses and companies are hungry and thirsty. The thirst traps, <laughs> the thirst traps for you guys are very real. You just don't know Definitely. it. You sure. just don't know it, but the thirst trap is real for you guys. Janelle Reed, I could talk to you all day. This has been a really, really thrilling conversation and a really inspiring one. Where can my listeners keep up with you? Oh, you guys can keep up with me. If you go to Instagram, Janelle L. Reed, and click the link in my bio, you can stay connected with me. Subscribe to me. You can get awesome email updates uh, about Divine Career Solutions, my speaking platforms, engagements, just all the things. I'm starting a great, awesome newsletter. And you just kind of gave me some input and input to actually have like something on millennials, like a special note at uh, the, the millennials corner in it um, to keep them really motivated because you, you guys are the future of the workforce. So it, it, so what's happening right now, companies should be like diving, nose diving in to solidify you guys, because you guys are going to be paving the way for this. So, you know, but um, that's how you can stay connected with me. You can also connect right. with me on Facebook as well, divine career solutions and follow me. Um, but yes, please tag me, please subscribe because I love and enjoy connecting and partnering and empowering, empowering those in career <laughs> and business. Janelle awesome. Reed, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come and talk to me today. This has been a great conversation. Congratulations again on thank the book you. and the upcoming newsletter yes. as well. I'm just going to say that. Yes. Um, listeners, thank you so much. That is the show. I will drop links to all of Janelle's info in the show notes so that you can keep up with her, grab her book, join her newsletter, join her Facebook group. And uh, until next time, Black and Yellow Nation, I'll be back next week. Thank you, Janelle. That's the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Alana Webster on the gram. They call me at Renegade of Fun. If you want to follow the show on the gram, at Black and Yellow Podcast is how you can do that. If you want to give me your feedback on today's episode or tell me your deepest, darkest secrets in email form, should that be your style, podcast black and yellow at gmail.com is how you can do that be sure to rate review and subscribe so you never miss an episode i would love to keep connecting with you and a little rate and review definitely helps this show keep growing and growing i'll be back in your ears next week for another great episode be easy y'all have a great one and stay safe <laughs>